Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to spot OCD symptoms in teens. A lot of times, OCD is completely missed. It's either mislabeled as anxiety, and a child thinks they have anxiety their entire childhood until they reach adulthood, or it's missed completely. They're looked at as quirks or odd behaviors or their personality, and OCD is not on the radar. And that's really unfortunate because OCD really needs to have some early treatment. The earlier we can detect and treat OCD, the better the long-term prognosis. So we're gonna get all into that today. I'm gonna give you some pointers on what to look for. But before we get started, a quick word from our sponsor. Bagalini is known for its organizational, lightweight and durable nylon bags. And to support healthcare workers in the COVID-19 crisis, Bagalini has launched a program where for every $50 or more purchased, Bagalini will donate a fanny pack to a healthcare worker. Visit bagalini.com support to learn how you can help with that. So let's get into how to spot OCD symptoms in teens. I have some quick broad strokes that I want you to look for. And I want to preface this entire episode with the fact that I'm not going to cover everything. And not everything I'm going to say is going to pertain to your teenager. So a lot of times we're looking to check off those boxes. And so if not all of those boxes are checked, we think oh, we're in the clear because my kid doesn't do that. And I want to give a caveat before I get started that I'm going to be talking about a broad range of the way that OCD can show up in teenagers. And OCD can look very, very different in everyone. And that's partly why I think OCD is missed. And I think that's also partly why OCD is confusing to mental health professionals because they really don't teach OCD in graduate school, which is crazy and it should change. But unless you're really getting your own training outside of your program, you're really not going to be well-versed in the depths of OCD and how it can look. So you as the parent have to, you know, saddle up and learn this stuff yourself. And that's very important, especially if OCD runs in your family because there's a high genetic component to OCD, or if your child has anxiety because anxiety and OCD like to hang out together. So if your child has anxiety or ADHD or Tourette's or tics, these are all comorbid conditions, even misophonia, um, which a lot of people don't know what that is, you know, where you're having sensitivity to noises, not sensory issues, but processing noises. All of that are like comorbid conditions with OCD hoarding as well. I guess I can go on and on, <laughs> but my point is if you have stuff like that going on in your family or in your genetic tree, you really want to become well-versed in OCD and the signs and symptoms. So I'm going to go over lots of different subtypes and talking about some of the behaviors that you might see with your kids. So let's just start off with what OCD is and what it is not. So OCD is not about being a neat freak. Although many, you know, kids have issues around germs or cleanliness, that is such a small component to OCD. It's not being a neat freak. It's not something you enjoy. And many extremely messy teens are silently suffering from OCD. 
And OCD is not about being obsessed with organization. You don't get relief when you have OCD. And so a lot of people get that confused. They think, oh, you know, she's a neat freak, so she must have OCD. Or, oh, I'm so a little OCD. Those are really um, not, they're doing a disservice to the families that are truly suffering with OCD because it's making people miss the signs of OCD in kids and teens because they're thinking, my kid's a mess. There's no way he can have OCD because he is disgusting. Or my kid is so disorganized, there's no way they can have OCD. So simplistically, OCD is just about having an intrusive thought, feeling, image, or song that's stuck in your head and the need to do something or avoid something to get some brief relief. The problem is, the more you do or avoid these things that OCD wants you to do or avoid, the bigger the OCD grows, the louder it grows, and the more things you have to do or avoid. That is the most simplistic snapshot I can possibly give you because that encompasses everything. There are people who have intrusive feelings. They don't have intrusive thoughts. They don't have a fear as much as they have a feeling. They might have a feeling of disgust. Things gross them out. They have to avoid certain things or people because they feel disgusted. Um, That's different than what we would think OCD is. Some people get an image stuck in their head and they spend all day long trying to get this image out of their head. Some people get songs stuck in their head and not the kind where we're like, oh, that's kind of funny. I'm thinking of this song, but they get stuck on it and they think about it every day and they try to get it out of their head or they try to avoid listening to music. So we're talking about extremes here. So even though I'm going to go over a million different types, subtypes, it's important to recognize that all of OCD has that in common, that the person has these intrusive thoughts or feelings or images And they need to do something or avoid something to get that relief. And the blank part of what they need to do or avoid and the intrusive part of what they think or feel is what vastly differs among each person. And that's where people get stuck. So there are a lot of subtypes of OCD and I always equate it currently to ice cream. And so you can have a million different flavors of ice cream, but it's all ice cream, right? So some teens may worry they're a bad person. Some teens might feel... They feel like things don't feel right. They have to do them over and over again. Some teens might worry that they're going to get sick. Some kids worry that they're going to throw up. Some kids worry that they have to balance everything, you know, from the left side to the right side. Some kids worry that they're going to get poisoned. Some kids feel a strong disgust around certain people or things. Some kids feel discomfort if they don't do the things that OCD wants them to do. They feel uncomfortable. Some kids feel like something bad will happen if they don't do their compulsion. And some kids feel like they might do something bad or they might harm other people. So the list can go on and on. But the common denominator, again, is that they have that intrusive thought, feeling, or image or song in their head and they're doing compulsions to get relief. So how can you tell if your teen has OCD? Well, I will say before I even give you some examples, go get your child assessed. It cannot hurt. So the best thing to do is to go find an OCD therapist and tell them, you know, I don't know if my child, my teenager has OCD. I'm concerned. It Maybe it runs in my family or I'm seeing these behaviors that don't make any sense or somebody's mentioned it or even my teenager himself or herself has Googled it and has told me they have OCD. And so I want to just get them formally assessed. You want to get them assessed by an OCD therapist. It doesn't matter what their degree is in, whether it's a doctorate or they have a master's in counseling. It's more about their postgraduate 
experience? Did they get training from the International OCD Foundation? Did they go to the BTTI, which is the International OCD Foundation's training program? So you're, you're looking at that. And I would recommend going to the International OCD Foundation's directory at iocdf.org slash find dash help. And I'll put that in the show notes and on my website. And that that's a great place to start. They don't vet out the people in that directory. So anybody can go and, you know, belong to the International OCD Foundation and put their name on the directory. So you still have to do some work to make sure it's a good person. But that's where you could start. You don't want to just start on psychology today because there's a lot of people who think they work with OCD and they don't. They don't understand it and they're going to miss a lot of the red flags. So for starters, definitely go and find a professional. And if you're having a hard time finding someone in your area, you can always go and do teletherapy. And NOCD has just come out with teletherapy for children and teens and adults, which is very, very cool. And we've been waiting for that for a long time because there just hasn't been accessible, good OCD therapy. So if you're having a hard time finding someone local in your area, you can go to go.treatmyocd.com slash AT underscore parenting. That's a lot. I will put the link in the show notes so that you can look at that and you, or you can go onto my website. Like I said, I always have the show notes on my website so that you can find some help either through teletherapy or online. But let's talk about what you're trying to look for. So I'm going to talk about a lot of different things and I'm going to go through it almost in a listy sort of way because I feel like unless I kind of give you examples, you're not going to see what I'm talking about. And I'm going to give you examples that may have nothing to do with your teenager, even if your teenager has OCD. So just giving you like a menu of different ways that OCD can manifest in teens. And I'm saying teens, but it can be children. It can be adults. It doesn't discriminate between ages. It's just that a lot of times the teenagers are missed. And so if a child has OCD, they might have it for years and then it starts to become more apparent in teenage years. And that's either when the teenager asks for help and starts to Google their own symptoms, or it's so overt at this point because it's so acute that you start to notice it. So if you have a younger child and not a teenager, these symptoms can all be related to that child as well. So the first thing you want to look at is just observe their behaviors. A lot of times OCD and not always will make people do behaviors that will seem to the observer odd or nonsensical. And they have such a compulsion to do these behaviors that sometimes they can't hide it. Now with teenagers, they have spent a lot of years confining these and hiding them. And so you may not see these things, but these are the kind of things to look for. So I'm going to go over the list just to give you kind of like a a broad view of what this can look like. So you can have a teenager who's overwashing or over showering. You may just notice that the soap goes down very quickly and you're replacing it, or there's water all over the sink. A lot of times they're very messy washers because they have to go all the way up to their elbows or do other things. Not allowing others to touch their things is a common one. Meltdowns when someone sits on their bed or enters the room and beyond what's typical developmentally, or kind of it popped up out of the blue. They won't use or touch certain things in the house. They avoid certain objects, places, or people. They repeat behaviors over and over, or they check things over and over, or they have to wash their things. So they're constantly washing their stuff down. 
or they touch things with their elbows or use their clothes, or they have to touch things with both sides of their body to make it even. Maybe they have bodily gestures like blinking or moving that sometimes can look like tics but can be OCD. Sometimes they have to do things in odd or even numbers. Sometimes they overwipe in the bathroom or you notice this because they're using an excessive amount of toilet paper. Sometimes they have to turn things on and off multiple times. So if you're seeing your child turn things on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, and you're like, why are they doing that? That would be a red flag. Conversely, or also, they open and close doors or drawers or containers multiple times, or they write and rewrite things, or they read and reread things. So that is just a very, very small little menu of some possible OCD type of behaviors. Now, if your child's doing one of those, it doesn't mean they have OCD. It's just, it's a red flag. And the more things you're seeing that are like that, the bigger the red flag. Now, any teen with OCD is not going to have all of these. Those are from all different types of themes. They are not from one specific type of OCD. And most kids only have a few of these behaviors, and they normally have only a few subtypes of OCD. So it's kind of like they have a few flavors on their plate. They're not going to have all these flavors. And so you're not going to see all those things in each kid. The other thing you want to do is pay attention to their questions. So a lot of times people don't realize that one of the biggest compulsions in childhood and probably even in teenhood are questions that they ask you. So the interactions that they have with you are often a compulsion in disguise. So you want to start to pay attention to that because reassurance is a huge compulsion. Confessing their behaviors or their thoughts, that's a very big compulsion. Checking with you or making you do things in a certain way is also a very common compulsion. So a lot of times parents will look at these questions and they'll just think that it's anxiety or they will wonder like, why why are you asking me this again? And they just, it'll just be mysterious. Or, you know, they might take what you're asking seriously. If you're confessing that you're doing all these bad things, they might think that you have a different kind of problem. You know, if you're confessing that you want to harm people, they might think that, you know, you're an aggressive person and they're concerned about your mental health because of that. So it can be misconstrued very easily and it is good to rule these, rule those things out and get a therapist who specializes in OCD to be able to do that rule out. Because if you bring your child to a general therapist, they may not know of all these different OCD subtypes and they may also take your child's thoughts as fact and might treat them for disturbing behavior or thoughts that they don't really have, that they're just intrusive thoughts. So let me give you some examples of how this can show up. And again, these are just a few examples. This is not a comprehensive list. Just, I think sometimes it's good just to wrap your brain around this and to hear the examples. So for interactions with you, it could be they'll ask if something is safe to eat or touch. You know, I just ate this is it expired? Or this just fell on the floor, can I eat this? Or I just touched my eye and then I touched my mouth, can I eat this? Will I get sick? It doesn't have to be about eating. They'll ask you if they did something bad. You know, I had this thought that you were fat in my head. Am I a bad person or was that bad? Or they might confess that they did something bad. Two years ago, I took some gum out of your purse and I guess that's stealing and I lied about it. I need to tell you about that. So it's behavior or actions that they've done that either they never really did or were so minor or were so long ago, it doesn't make sense why they're telling you now. They'll ask someone to repeat what they said. So a lot of times they will say, can you say it again? Or they'll say what, even when they heard you. And sometimes that's a compulsion. Sometimes they'll soften their answers with, I think, or maybe, I guess. 
And so they don't want to be a liar. And so you say, hey, do you want pizza? Yeah, I want pizza, I think. Or, hey, how was your day? It was good, I think, or maybe. So they'll soften their answers. They'll often ask you to make a choice for them because they're afraid of lying. And so if you say, which one do you want? I don't know. Which one do you think I should have? Now, other kids do that too. So you have to take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. Um, They might ask you to respond in a very specific way. So you might say, sure. And they might say, no, can you not say sure? Can you say, okay? And they're giving you words that you have to say or telling you how to say it. They might ask the same question over and over. So even if you've answered it, they ask it again. And you're like, I just answered that. Why are you asking me that? So repetitive questioning over and over. Sometimes they'll try to get your approval for things that don't really warrant permission. Like, mom, can I go take a shower? And you're like, of course you can. Why are you asking? Mom, can I eat these chips? Um, Of course you can. So if it's a question that they don't normally need approval for, they don't need your go ahead, that would be a red flag. And they'll tell you their actions or behaviors when it's not necessary. So I just picked my nose or I just touched my butt and then I touched my mouth or I just did this. They'll kind of narrate and confess behaviors that they've done. And, you know, sometimes they'll ask if they're okay. Am I okay? Or can you take my temperature? Can you see if I'm okay? So the other thing you want to watch out for is their routines. So sometimes habits, quote unquote, are actually compulsions in disguise. So the difference between a habit and a compulsion is a habit is something that we like to do. It's comforting. It's preferential, but it's not necessary. So when we have to break out of our habit, we can't do something in a certain way, a certain order, in a certain fashion. We are flexible. We can handle that. But when it's a compulsion and the teen is not allowed to do it in the way that they want to do it, there is intense panic. And so that is the difference. So some examples would be like they have to walk in certain ways or patterns around the house. Maybe they have to use certain cups or plates or towels. Maybe they have to do things in a very particular order or they get upset if their routine is disrupted and they have to literally start again. This might be they have to go back to the door and walk all over again. So that's the kind of stuff you're looking for. So lastly, you want to ask them questions. Don't be afraid to ask your teen questions about their behavior. You don't want to do it in an accusatory tone or you'll most likely shut them down. But I'd recommend starting off your question with something like, I'm just going to use an example. Like, I notice you have to use only this plate. What's the worst part about using our plates? Or I notice you won't touch the doorknob with your hands. What does your anxiety say would happen if you did? Now, the reason why I'm adding the anxiety component to that is because if your child has already accepted that they have anxiety, saying what does your anxiety say gives them a little separation from the compulsion. And it's not like, why are you doing that? You know, what, what do you think is going to happen to you? Even though that's not purposely accusatory, it shuts people down because it sounds, it makes them feel dumb. Like, why are you doing that? Or what's the worst thing about using our plates? So you have to watch your tone and you have to watch your language and how you're asking them. It can also be helpful to show a teen my YouTube videos. I have a YouTube video on what is OCD. And a lot of times just showing them this video and saying, this is what OCD is because they also have the stereotype of OCD. They also think that OCD is just about, you know, maybe being clean or being afraid of germs. So showing them a video that really explains it can open them up and may open them up verbally with you to articulate more of the struggles that they're having. So on my website, I, in the show notes for this podcast, and if you go to like atparentingsurvival.com slash podcast, You'll always find my most recent podcast on my website. And I have started doing 
article versions of my podcast. So this is a new thing. I'm not sure if it's going to last, but I've been writing out what I'm saying as an article so that people can read it and listen to it as well. And I also have a transcript now on all my podcast episodes, which is pretty cool. So if you are ever looking for the transcript or you want the article version of what I'm talking about, go to atparentingsurvival.com and you can check all that out. Normally my latest three resources are up on my homepage. So I do podcasts and I do YouTube videos every week and they're on my website. So you can check that out. So last, lastly, because I think I already said lastly, what do you do if you suspect your teen has OCD? So the first thing I would say, again, not to like emphasize this super strongly, but go and get an OCD therapist and make sure it's an OCD therapist. Make sure they talk about ERP, exposure response prevention, because that's really the gold standard in treatment for OCD and, and nothing else will do. It's something that you really want to hear when you're talking to an OCD therapist. If they don't mention that, they just mention CBT, but when you say ERP, they're like, what is that? That's not your person. <laughs> Keep looking. And if you can't find someone, which is possible, again, check out NOCD and, and check out the link that I have for you to find someone through teletherapy. I also have online resources because I'm always here to support parents. I don't like parents to wait until they find appropriate help to get started and start working on these issues. And so you don't have to wait for a professional to diagnose your child or your teenager with OCD for you to start working on it. It cannot hurt to start working on these things. It's definitely very good to get local support and get a therapist. I think that that's preferential for sure, but don't wait. So I do offer online resources. I have an online school at atparentingsurvivalschool.com. And I have a class called How to Crush Your Child's OCD, and it's for kids and teens. It teaches parents, so it's not for your teen directly, but it teaches you how to spot OCD symptoms, how to not be the OCD police, but be the OCD coach. I talk about how to do ERP, what it is, how you do it at home, how to motivate your teen, and just get started. So you can figure that out, and you can learn more at atparentingsurvivalschool.com. And that's another resource for you. So I hope that you found this helpful. I hope that I may have spurred some thoughts in your head of like, wait a minute, that sounds interesting. That sounds like something that she does or he does. And I want to dive further. That's my goal today. That's my goal every day is to just spread as much information as I can, put it out there in the internets and get people understanding OCD in a better way. So if you're enjoying my podcast and you're finding my information valuable, don't forget to hit a star on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you consume your podcasts. If you have a few extra seconds and you want to leave a review, I greatly appreciate that. Parents read reviews and it helps them know that there's value in this show. So to show my gratitude, I always like to end my show reading one of them. So I want to thank Rowland1223. She said, it gave me hope. I have two daughters who struggle with anxiety and I felt helpless and hopeless. I've only listened to two episodes so far and I feel a glimmer of hope and a relief that someone can put into words how I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing. Thank you. I'm anxious to listen to more. Thank you for taking the time to write a review. I really appreciate that. And if maybe you have something to say, maybe I'll be reading your review next time. So don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care.
Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com.